Welcome to Liminal Theology, a podcast exploring boundaries, transitions, and being in between. I'm your host, Jonathan Best, and join me as we journey into liminal space. It's my pleasure to welcome back Emmanuel Bouteau for another one of our conversations podcast with the Liminal Theology, and I'm just happy to have you back and talking and uh, this is uh, exciting as always. Exciting indeed. And um, I'm really, really grateful for another invitation. And I'm looking forward uh, to what we will have learned by the time our conversation ends today. Yeah. I, I, I learned something with every conversation. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to discovering what we unearth uh, in terms of our conversation. Yeah, it's did, been it a... Did. It's been a few months uh, mm-hmm. since we last talked. Things are always happening. I think one of the great things about doing this is that we continually come back to this conversation with new reflections, new ideas, new experiences. And I think this is going to be uh, one of those times I think that's going to really bring forth some, I think, at least I hope, uh, great insights. And one of the things that I've been thinking about personally is the idea of faith. I think it's an idea, a concept that we've explored on and off a few times. We've touched on this idea of faith, particularly the question of what is faith in our world today? What does it mean to be a faithful person? A little bit of context. Uh, I've been writing a personal book reflection for my daughter. And I've been doing this on and off for the past two and a half years. Actually been picking up a little bit more on it the past few months, hoping to finish it. But one of the questions that I came to was this idea of faith. And I thought it was important to really convey what I believe faith is. And I think it's one of the things that between the two of us, that is a very important conceptual idea that I think informs both of our our worldviews, our philosophical and theological backgrounds. I I think there will be some correlation between what we consider faith to be. But I think that both of us have had some different experiences that should help enlighten the conversation of faith. So with that, I just want to begin with asking the question, what is faith? And I uh, guess a follow-up question to that is, is what does faith mean now in the world that we live in? One that is continually in transition, where uncertainty continues to abound more and more, even after the post-COVID era. Uh, I guess we're still in the COVID era, but hopefully there's, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. But that uncertainty continues in a variety of ways. And I think this question of faith and what it means to us individually is important. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Uh, I think that's a, that's a really great introduction uh, to this conversation. Uh, and, and having done enough of those with you already, uh, I get the feeling that I'm entering or maybe uh, I'm taking the first steps in a journey, you know, a journey of discovery. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Um, and and what, what an amazing question, difficult question, but very, very, very important question. You're writing a book about your daughter. And for me, 
is a book about my mother. Um, someone I thought was an amazing person of faith uh, for a very long time, but faith conceived uh, traditionally, uh, maybe faith in the sense of Paul, you know, uh, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, right? Uh, the kind of the, the 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 verse that gave me so much headache, you know. I could never understand what what that man was talking about, you know. Um, and and so so I I thought the way maybe to understand faith um, might be to not just go by what tradition has said, you know, over the years, but to also consider uh, studying the life of faith through. Uh, the life of, of, of a living person. Uh, I started by doing that uh, with someone like Simon Fay, as you know, uh, one of my favorite people to, to read and to um, enter into dialogue with. Um, and so I, I started doing this just by studying people. I thought that would be a good way, um, as, especially as a practical theologian, to consider these important questions. And with my mom, uh, with my mom, um, I began with the traditional approach, uh, which is that the greatest thing she ever gave me was the faith. And that's how, that's what I was told as a, as a child. You know, I remember all the testimonies in church, uh, people going to the, to the, to the altar and, and, and saying things like, uh, my parents didn't leave me any money and not even a good education, but uh, they gave me the faith. They gave me the Bible. Um, and, and so more and more, those responses became less meaningful for me. They became less meaningful because I, went, I wanted something, or maybe I wanted to understand faith as it is lived. And I thought that might be the best way to go about it rather than struggle and struggle and struggle with Paul's language, which can be rather confusing at times. I thought then, what if you studied the daily practices of a living person um, and watch as they face transitions, you know? And without going to to fall already but uh skipping ahead and and watching my mom on her deathbed uh, last year and I, I i was watching her wrestle in some ways you know um she couldn't speak a whole lot because she, uh, she had so much pain she had to be heavily medicated so she was sleeping a lot but whenever we had a moment where we could share um i tried to get her to talk a little bit and um i sense I sensed sometimes a bit of despair. I sensed sometimes there was a bit of confusion. Uh, you know, I guess I'm imagining Jesus on the cross and saying, Father, why have you forsaken me? I think sort of that moment uh, in the middle of this transition and thinking, what is this really about? You know, um, am I really alone in this? You know, is this something more truly something more? And so, so you know, that's sort of, you know, right off the bat, those are the, you know, that's, those are the places where that, that question takes me right away. But, but there's so much more to flesh out here. I don't want to go too far here, uh, but I'll let you jump back in. But, but I think it's amazing that you're asking the question in the context of your daughter and you're looking ahead, right? You're looking forward to the life that is to come. And I'm looking at my mom's life and looking back to the life that has been lived. And then here we are meeting at this point of intersection, right? When the two of us here, I guess I suppose that's an important point for us as well. It, it's a, um, maybe our own transition in a way, right? <laughs> I think that's really interesting. I, I didn't know that you were writing that book and you're writing those reflections for your mother and that part of the, we are kind of struggling with some of the same questions. Um, 
related to the idea of passing on faith, you know, the faith received and the faith that we pass on. And that is two equally important aspects, I think, of faith. I, it's hard for me to think of faith in isolation from the people that I first experienced faith from. Um, my, my family, my church growing up when I was younger, um, the faith that I see in those around me, my wife, there is a real sense of um, faith isn't done in isolation. And I just think one of the most beautiful things that can be conveyed is one's own faith to another. And I don't mean strictly belief or traditional belief about what one believes about God or this or that or about the Bible, mm -hmm. but the spirit of the person, the, um, you know, this, this, this sense of, I, for me, faith is, is tapping into the whole person, what that, what that person, how that person lives, how that person exists, uh, as a, as a human being, as a child of God. And one of the most special things I think that can be given is, is one's faith to another. And I think that's why for myself, I've been treading upon this question very carefully. I've had to do a lot more thinking about this particular reflection I'm writing for my daughter than I have for others. Because I think it's a question, this idea of faith is so central to who we are, but it's also hard to explain. Um, and I get the sense that with your mother, asking her these questions was in a sense, trying to understand her as a person more fully. Uh, I think there's a great deal we can learn from others, not just in the sense of what they believe in this or that, but who they are, the faith that they carry, the character of the person, I think mm -hmm. really taps into this question of faith. I think faith is a whole person question, a mind, spirit, passion, uh, drive, um, and also those the way that one interacts with the world interacts yeah. mentally physically and spiritually yeah i think that's why that's why then we have to uh push back against um the, the tendency to reduce it to um certain formulae you know and and i'm thinking about uh, for instance you know when i said um people who said oh I passed on the faith to my children. And what exactly are they talking about? I know right now in your context, asking about faith is, well, what am I passing on to Eva? You know, in my mom, and for myself is, well, what, I, what is it that my mom passed on to me? What exactly is this thing that I have here? And, you know, and maybe there's something about it that is a whole lot more human, I think, uh, than we, uh, that we think about sometimes. Too often we take the language of faith and maybe we, we cut it up into pieces I'm thinking about, for instance, this one text that, that you know, you and I are very familiar with that uh, we, we use at 
at the university where both of us have taught. Uh, you know, I, I'm not mentioning the names here, right? Because I'm about, I'm about this is something critical. Um, although there are many things about that book that I enjoyed, the notion of faith as as relationship. You know, I think that was nice. Um, but sometimes I think dividing, separating human faith versus religious faith versus you know all these kinds of faith, and all of a sudden you have to be something to be here you know to have religious faith and something else to be so we're separating and tearing apart the human uh, being a human person i think i think uh, the kind of faith we're talking about here especially in terms of the life that is lived in terms of you standing here where you are having a heritage that you have received and that you also have begun and then now thinking about what is it you're passing on and and why are you passing it on because you have to make a selection right because you have to use your own mind and think okay what is what is a value here that i need to pass on you know things that there were things that i did as a kid that i was told had to do with my faith that i would not impose on my child because i don't see it that way myself you know so yeah Looking at the whole person, the whole of existence, um, you know, I, 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 I remember talking with my mom and in talking about faith, and 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 I said to her, "Well, you're always going to prayer meetings, and I remember you took us to the mountains to fast." I, I you know, I was talking to her about that. You know, she admitted to me it was actually because she was afraid. She prayed so much because she was afraid. And I thought that was fascinating when you consider that we often contrast faith and fear, right? Essentially, we say, where there's faith, there's no fear. And then, and at the same time, we usually see, and what is it, people that are praying all the time, going to the mountains and, and fasting as an expression of faith. Yet my mom is admitting to me it was rather out of fear, you know? So then I think that kind of flips things a little bit. So she actually did the thing that was, that symbolized faith, but it was because that was where they were fear. I, I don't know. It seems to me this, this be, there's something more than, more than just uh, faith casting out fear. There's something, it's more than just this thing that you can just pass on. It's something much more than that, you know? Something that you that that, that that pulls you and gives you direction. Something that I don't know manages to help you embrace all of life, even the fearful elements of it. You know, uh, and that's sort of what I'm seeing here. When I look at my mom, I'm looking at how she lived. I'm seeing so much of that. Um, it's just, it's a very 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 difficult subject, you know, uh, but such an important one to look at, especially now. You know, in our time. Yeah. I th- I never really thought about how I would pass on the faith to my child until quite recently. I I assumed this was just a process of osmosis uh, (laughs) where, you know, my child would just kind of follow what I would do. And then at, at some point, you know, either accept it or reject it or, you know, go his or her own way. But um, with my daughter, I'm realizing that this is a question I need to think about more carefully. It's not just a aspect of, you know, passing, people use the term passing on the faith or in some way (laughs) of, which really just means all the, the basket of 
beliefs and ideologies and theologies and this and that, that, that you might ascribe to. And, and one of the problems I've had with that is this aspect of also, you know, doubt and fear, as, as you mentioned, uh, of not being sure myself, you know, what it is that I believe exactly, um, <laughs> about God and also understanding that, uh, existential questions about God perhaps aren't in my three-year-old's wheelhouse yet. Uh, <laughs> there needs to be a certain sense of um, certainty, I guess, to be able to, for her to really connect, at least at first. So it's been a learning process for me to think about how I want to pass on my own faith. And, you know, I think it goes beyond the, you know, the different aspects you talked about, the, the, the different ways we divide up faith, uh, religious faith and um, personal faith and how we kind of conceptualize faith as, as really more of an intellectual exercise. I think what I'm beginning to learn is that there is a spirit there of faith is a character element that helps one to continue on in the face of, of fear, in the face of doubts, not as a sense of running away, but of really accepting those and working through those with struggle and questioning and kind of thinking that fear and trembling is, um, you know, Kierkegaard is, is wisely mm -hmm. pointed out. I think for a lot of people, perhaps the question's a lot easier, you know, you know teaching a child their first prayers and teaching stories from the Bible, perhaps, which is how I, how I was brought up and, and things that are important to me. And I want to convey those, but I want to go a little bit deeper um, yeah. because those are things that, well, those are things that don't necessarily require a, doesn't necessarily require the full self to accept or believe in or to wrestle with. I, I, I knew all the stories about Jesus. I knew all the stories of the old Testament. I could recite you know, passages. I, I attended Sunday school. I was very well versed in the things of Christian belief, mm -hmm. but that faith element came for me, I think a lot later and one that was passed on to me, not necessarily directly, but through awareness and interaction with, say, my parents, my family, church members, not necessarily anything directly said or taught, but something expressed in either a mannerism or an attitude or just a I guess a mental, just a mental and spiritual fortitude. 
you know, I'm always in awe of my daughter as she learns new things. One of the things she's learned how to do is pray. And we ask her to pray usually before meal and she gives a little simple prayer. She puts her hands together and thank you, God. You know, she says, thank you, God, for this food. Amen. And I think it's so interesting that, you know, what does she think about God? What does she think about us <laughs> praying like this? Does she know who we're praying to? But I also realize those questions perhaps don't really matter right now. She is developing a unique and special faith, a special character from that, that I think is just fascinating to watch um, a curiosity. I think that's perhaps maybe one thing we'll talk about faith. I think a curiosity of, yeah. of, of a way of um, what faith means and the connections that come from that as well. And so I think as you've pointed out with your mother, um, we learn a great deal from others with faith mm -hmm. in regards to faith. Um, I've read a great deal about faith. I, we've, I think we've read most of the same books about it. <laughs> yep. I can't say that any of those books instilled faith in me, uh, perhaps more along the lines of helping to have greater clarity of what faith is not perhaps, Indeed. but the challenge has always been living as a person of faith and what that looks like. And especially in contexts where that term is so misconstrued um, toward accepting perhaps things that have no intellectual or scientific background or, evidence uh of, but i'm beginning as i grow older to learn that faith is is perhaps the most important aspect of who i am mm. that goes beyond just my intellectual belief and what comes from some of the emotional things that i deal with as well yeah it, it's uh, it's it's interesting, yeah. Looking back um, at the um, the events, uh, let's say the activities that we uh, partook in, uh, the things that made us who we are, and and trying to parse all that to figure out which part actually mattered and which did not. You know, uh, can you take out the Sunday school and the revivals, and then you're still okay? Is you know the, just listening to the stories or the testimonies is that fine or is it the moments that uh, you approach the scriptures on your own or was it shaped uh, perhaps by those uh, crisis moments where you really had to make a choice um, those moments of of to be of not or not to be where you thought that indeed what you were going to choose was going to determine uh, what happens with the rest of your life um, and that comes to even questions of the transitions of life, you know, even for the living, such as choosing a career path, uh, for instance, uh, uh, choosing your spouse, and and those those challenging questions and dealing with loss, uh, and so it's it's something about that trying to understand, you know, exactly uh, what does it. So maybe I don't know if that kind of scientific approach is really 
something that is visible, right? But there's something about the lived experience, it seems to me. I find that when I look at my mom, I find that, I guess I'm realizing that now, that her faith was most on display when she wasn't talking about God, when she wasn't praying, when she wasn't reading the Bible. I find that those are the times that her faith were, were, was truly on display. Um, and, and so that's really, really took me by, it really took me by surprise when I realized that. Because I watched my mom and I asked myself, okay, what is it about her that somehow made her into what I believe is the most amazing human being I've ever met. What, what, made, what role did faith play in that? And even for me growing up, what is it about her life that made me who I am? What is it that I learned most from? And when, when I asked that question, it is true, I know, I was there during those nightly prayers that we did during the summer. Uh, I was there when we were reciting psalm after psalm, you know, uh, and, and praying together before going to sleep. And I was there, of course, you know, I would sneak out with my brothers and go and buy food, you know, when she wanted us to go to the mountain to fast and we couldn't handle it, you know. So we'd sneak out and then go and buy some food uh, because we couldn't, we couldn't, we couldn't keep it together. I mean, you know, you're eight years old, nine years old, what are you going to do, you know? Uh, but, uh, but, but exactly what was most uh, critical, you know, most important. I don't know. When I look at, I look back, I, I remember my mom. I remember the giving person, the super generous person, the, the serving person, uh, the person who strove for excellence. Uh, as a teacher in her teaching, she was loved and respected. Um, and, and the person who, who never spoke ill of anybody, the person who saw every child as truly her own child. And this is, this is from the testimony of those others. My friends would tell me, oh yeah, your mom always treated us as though we were her own. And so I, I look at those things and I, I, when I think about, you know, what, what do I write when I write about her life? You know, what exactly when I'm thinking about my mom, talking about her, her life of faith. And, and I find that there's something about on display here. When I think about her faith, it seems to come into focus in those places where you don't talk about faith, you know? And, and maybe, and maybe I consider this to be my mom's genius. Maybe somehow she did, find a way to truly live fully in that in that faith wasn't this thing that you do on some days at some times linked to special activities but it was something something more and that perhaps during those times when she was running to the altar or maybe that she was on the floor just prostrated praying maybe maybe there was something more going on than just her uh, maybe copying or imitating what's in the scriptures, you know? And so, you know, talking with her, I remember her telling me stories about her dad in, and, and her dad was a, was a, was a minister, a church of God minister, Pentecostal minister. And, and I remember those stories about what that meant for her to have a father like her dad, who was never fanatical about his beliefs, who encouraged her to think and to question things, you know? And, and so my mom's sense of uh, spirituality was always so much, broad you know broader than than her peers for sure uh you know and definitely beyond uh what her tradition um uh, encouraged so so looking at that yeah that notion of, of faith 
um, embracing the whole personality, you know, and and considering that we're looking at if I was just three years old, my mom who was 81 when she died. So it does cover the whole breadth, you know, of, of, of human life, uh, you know, and it's, it, it's, it's an important question at any point in life. And so here we are uh, looking at that right now, you and I. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, I, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not sure I'm, I've moved the conversation any further, but it's, it's maybe I'm trying to appreciate the sense of the, uh, maybe the, um, maybe the global nature of, 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 of the whole phenomenon, you know, and that it is not helpful when we start chopping it up. I can understand in the work of someone like James Fowler, uh, understanding faith, maybe more heuristically, just, you know, to, to, to help understand how things evolve, you know, as we grow. Uh, but, but there's, I, I see a real problem just looking at my mom's life, a real problem with, um, with attributing certain activities as those that, that are faith making and faith building. Because uh, my mom, again, she, you know, the things that I thought were faith building, she was actually doing them out of fear sometimes, which is quite interesting, which some people would consider to be antithetical uh, to the practice of faith, you know? Uh, so it, it's, it's really, really uh, quite fascinating. I think it's really interesting the way you described how there were moments that you learned about your mom's faith that were outside of the kind of traditional bounds of religious practice. And I think there's something that comes from those moments where faith seems kind of under the surface, uh, not, not in an outward display per se, not a, you know, come look at me type of mentality, but there's something within certain people that you can just see their faith. You can just breathe their faith, experience their faith just by being near them without having to go through a, some sort of religious practice or, or whatever. Uh, there's been people in my life that I considered just emanating, breathing faith who were really weren't doing anything of the faith in terms of it wasn't a, a time for prayer or any sort of religious practice or there was just something about them, who they were, the, uh, something about who, their own being that let me know that they had this deep faith that I wanted to connect with, to learn about. Um, I sometimes find the overt expressions of religion can be almost a turnoff for me personally uh, as a, I don't know, sometimes an overcompensation for perhaps a life that maybe is not as faithful as they would lead one to believe. But I think that there's some people that um, when I want to learn about faith, that I just need to experience who they are. 
I often think of um, certain people in my life, um, my grandmother being one who we never had many conversations about religion per se, but I always knew she was a deeply spiritual, deeply faithful person. Um, and we never had conversations about doctrine or dogma mm -hmm. or theology and, and, you know, I certainly had more education in terms of theology, but when I entered into conversation with her, I always knew that I was the learner and she was the teacher in that sense. Indeed. Um, and I think a lot of that comes from experience. Uh, there's something that we can't teach about faith directly. Yeah. Uh, there, there's just, um, it has to be something lived. It has to be something experienced. And, you know, that I think that's your, your mom's experience made her who she was and the faith that she had came from those experiences, which she in part passed on to you and, and you continually pass them on to others. And as I hope to do the same to, as I hope to do the same for my daughter, passing on the faith of instilled in me from my grandmother down to, mm -hmm. to her. And those are things that, again, I'm, I'm not talking about questions about which king did this or that in the Old Testament or questions <laughs> about, you know, what, what parable did Jesus tell over yeah. in, in Luke or John or, or just intellectual questions like that. Um, even questions about, even things about the Christian faith excuse me, even things about Christian belief, that's not what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking of more along the lines of a deep element within the human person that makes he or she able to live and experience life. And um, again, that whole person mentality we've been talking about. Yeah, I love the way you just corrected yourself there. Uh, you said Christian faith, and then you and you said Christian beliefs. I think so much of it comes down to that uh, that confusion. Uh, you know, I think Tillich talks about that too in, in dynamics of faith. Uh, that confusion. And I don't know. It, it, I'm gonna try this. I'm gonna try to um, to put this together, and I hope I succeed. But just looking at that, uh, I'm I'm thinking maybe that is the the challenge before us, Jonathan, is that maybe there's no such thing as Christian faith or any faith that can be, uh, let's just say, um, that can be shaped and maybe rendered, uh, maybe rendered distinct just by putting an adjective in front of it. Um, maybe faith is that the more, the, the more and the more and the more, you know, uh, and, and the beliefs, of course, is what we have, is with the things that we, we, we can actually hold on to, the things we can truly pass on. Because uh, 
you know, um, the children of people who believe, you know, in a certain way of, of seeing the world, they sometimes end up believing in that way of seeing the world. Um, and maybe faith is that, um, that more, and maybe that is the challenge oftentimes where maybe why uh, we fail to understand what faith truly is, is we do reduce it to the beliefs, you know, before you know it, it's Christian faith, Muslim faith, and, and now within a single tradition, you have Pentecostal faith, you have the Baptist faith, and everyone is claiming faith, you know, for themselves. And what you see really are just different beliefs and perhaps uh, different ways of maybe engaging with them all, right? And and so um, I appreciate that, you, you know, it's because you, the way you, you just corrected yourself and I thought, yeah, there's something there I think we need to consider you know, because that is very much um, at the heart of it. Is, is that more? Because too often faith is reduced to these, these traditions, these rituals, you know. We say that's the practice of faith. But my mom forced me and forces me now uh, to go much further than that, you know. When, when faith is so reduced to certain practices and rituals, many people will look at my life and they'll think, wow, you've left the faith. Right? You know, they think, wow, you are a heathen. And not because I'm doing bad things, just because when they see me, I'm not always on my knees. I'm not, you know, uh, uh, um, upholding, you know, well, maybe they're upholding. I'm not singing the praises of the, 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 the let's say the doctrines and the beliefs of the tradition that shaped me, you know, I, I, and I'm I, you know with my mom, I find myself constantly trying to live in that more, right? Trying to reach the more, trying to let's say, to open myself to that more, you know, and that's what I sense, and then so that's put me in some ways, well, in the eyes of many, that's put me at odds with what they consider to be the Christian faith. Uh, even religious faith generally, you know, and it's as if somehow I'm no longer Christian, you know, and uh, and it's a problem. I've become a problem. And so, and I think maybe that's part of the problem is the way we think of faith. And, and I remember I've mentioned this before in previous conversations and, you know, in Tillich's dynamics of faith, Tillich says, first of all, we need to rescue the word faith, you know? <laughs> we need to bring it back and really say what it is. That's the point of this entire book, you know? And, and I love the title of the book because the title is Dynamics of Faith. We're talking about dynamics. We're talking about the livingness of faith, I could say, you know, if I could find a better word, not the best word, but, you know, the fact that it is not this thing that sits there that you can say Protestant faith, Catholic faith, and Christian faith, and Muslim faith, and Hindu faith, and you know, all these types of faith. And and you know, and, and there's something there's something much more than that. And um yeah. What can be taught about faith comes to mind there. What can be taught about it? Then then that speaks to the nature of faith, because you know, how do you teach about this thing? And the answer keeps coming back. It is in this lived experience, not little things cut apart and saying that, oh, these things have to do with faith, but it constantly pushes against that, you know, uh, and it's claiming for itself, claiming for itself that wider space uh, that, em that englobes our entire lives. I think yeah. we, yeah, I think we in so many ways 
reduce faith to the practices that we put so much to be put so much effort in um, and faith becomes more of those outward displays of how many times a day are you praying or yeah. how many times are you reading your Bible or uh, those, those elements. I, I feel while prayer is important, reading your Bible is important. The practices of, of religion of the Christian beliefs are important. I'm not trying to diminish those, but we tend to equate being faithful by just doing the checklist of yeah. uh, things that we think we're expected to do and think, well, I'm getting, I'm getting this, I'm being fed spiritually by, by doing these things. Yeah. Um, yeah. The fact that, you know, I, I'm reading this much of the Bible each day, or I've read the Bible this many times, or yeah. prayed this many times a day. Uh, I, I've never missed a, Sunday morning worship service, or I sing in the choir. Um, again, you know, however way you express your, your, those beliefs, however way you live the, the Christian life, that's up to you. And that's great. Um, but I think we can run the risk of, um, reducing faith, which I think is something else to just the things mm -hmm. that we do are, mm -hmm. I know for myself, um, like, like you, there are times that I don't pray all that often. There are times in my life where I, I don't feel I'm in the place to pray or to sing mm -hmm. and days that I'm not really interested in what the Bible has to say. And, and that is a, that is something that I wrestle with and it doesn't mean that I've not a person of faith anymore that I've somehow lost my faith, which for many years, that's what I assumed is that if I wasn't doing these things, yes. I no longer had a faith and I was somehow less of a person. I was, I was no longer, I was losing my spirituality, but, you know, my faith is the source of those things, or it's also the source of my own internal struggle and wrestling and doubts as well. I think from faith comes both things of worship those kind of manifestations singing and praising and prayer that's all well and good i think faith is and can bring forth birth of those things as well mm -hmm. i think faith also gives birth to other elements that i don't think we pay much as much attention to and that is the wrestling that is the doubt that is the own questioning and wondering about what it all means. And, and I think the great thing about faith is that it can encompass all those different expressions. 
whether that is the expression of, of doubt and questioning, whether that's the expression of prayer, whether that is, that is the tiredness that comes with daily living and just kind of looking for and tapping into that more that you're mentioned to, to get me through the next day. You know, I, I think that faith, carries that in spite of element that more element that isn't something that we can do per se by by just praying more or reading the bible more and faster or uh going to church more often i think what faith does is provides that element of I don't know how to describe it, but hope against hope in spite of uh, yes. The, yes. that. Indeed. Indeed. I, I, I don't know how I could exist without it. Um, yeah. Yeah. That keeps me from just drifting into some sort of despair. Uh, and in many ways, I, I want to, faith keeps me afloat. Um, and lets me know that it's okay if I don't feel like praying today. I still have faith um, and it's okay if I want to pray today, but I still carry the same faith that that hasn't, that, that hasn't changed per se. My beliefs and the way that I express those things do change and are continually changing, but I'm still learning about my own faith. Yeah, and, and this is this is well put, you know, and, and I find that too often those who reduce faith to to this thing, you know, that can be even used sometimes to manipulate God. It seems apparently, you know, uh, I know that using the words of Jesus, if you have faith, you can move this mountain, right? Order it to, uh, and so, but then that's been taken uh, very literally in that sense, as in then anything can be prayed away, you know? And so I'm looking, I'm looking at, and I'm asking about perhaps maybe is faith not supposed to be this bigger thing, this more, just because of us, of, of this notion of spirituality, you know? And I think, and that's the other problem, right? Because spirituality itself usually is reduced to these things, this way, this feeling or, or this way of talking about things, and yet faith seems to 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 to, to require more. Uh, I'm thinking of um, I'm thinking of Amical Cabral. Uh, I'm thinking about the notion of spirituality as encompassing so much more than, say, what we call the human spirit uh, or the divine spirit. But but everything has to do with our lives, our creativity, for instance. You know, um, uh, our sense of of connectivity or our ability to embrace one another, our ability to uh, to look into the future, so to speak, and and to hope for more, and to and to work to reach for that more. Basically, what makes us alive, you know, what makes us alive. And I see I see faith as as a really important partner in bringing about that life. Just listening to you speak there, and and you know that really really struck me. Um, because you're talking about just everyday life, 
everywhere not just somehow you get stuck here so you just caught up on your faith and it gets you out of the of a jam you know but to see that in fact just because you didn't get out of the jam doesn't mean you have you don't have faith it's just because you didn't get out and that's the challenge you right and so faith is not this this magic thing and gets you out of jams and heals you and feeds you and and all of that and of course guarantees you eternal life um there's this something i guess it's a word that I don't like using very much. Um, there's, there's this transcendent element. That's where I find myself obligated to use the word transcendent. It, it, it keeps pushing you towards that more. Uh, it keeps forcing you to see the more, to believe in the more, to contemplate the more. I think about my work in Haiti, for instance. Uh, sometimes I look at myself and I wonder, what am I doing? Uh, because sometimes it does get dangerous, you know? And yet, somehow, I don't, it doesn't really compute for me because for me, this is what I'm supposed to do. I, I go out and I, and I reach out and, you know, um, it helps me put death in perspective, you know, um, and I put it right there. Yeah, sure. It's one of the elements is there, you know, true. That's possible too. Uh, but then, but then I've got this, this urging, I've got this push, this pull, this sense of calling. Um, then how am I supposed to respond? Uh, you know, so if, if faith is just doing these things here that we do in church and, and at home, and then I can see why sometimes the world is falling apart and the so-called people of faith are thriving at the same time. And that to me is a contradiction. You see, I don't understand a world that's falling apart and then Church is getting wealthier and full of people and the world's falling apart. I, I think that's the contradiction to me. I think faith, faith helps to resolve. It helps to make sense out of life for me. You know, I, I can see my place. I can see, okay, yeah, it does not make sense for these two to go together. So I see where I'm supposed to stand and I know where my place is, you know, I know where I belong, you know. So in a sense, faith teaches me where I belong in the world. Not to this, that, this denomination or that denomination, <laughs> you know, and 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 th and that's a challenge here because usually that's how we talk about faith, you know, that's how we talk about it, and and that's why I find that um, too often it's it's difficult to sit through the sermons, it's difficult to sit through the worship service, quote unquote. Uh, it's too difficult sometimes because I have real challenge with doing so and thriving and talking about things in lofty language. And then I go out and it doesn't quite work. You know, there's something about living an authentic life. And I think when I expand my notion of faith that way, or maybe when I allow faith, you know, as a phenomenon to just drag me and draw me, I guess use a Tilikian language, right? Basically take hold, right? Take hold of me. When I allow that to happen, then I find that like that those contradictions are resolved and I find out what I'm supposed to do with my life, you know? And so um, that's, that's basically this all encompassing thing. I don't know. I don't want to call it a force, but this is, this, this, you know, maybe a thing is the most nondescript word that we've got. Right. So it, it's something about how that is all encompassing and, and some transcendent in some ways, but encompassing everything, you know, um, there's something about that for me, Jonathan, um, you know, it's absolutely um, confirming and comforting to hear you speak about that urge that comes from mm -hmm. somewhere. Yeah. 
I know I often look at my own life, my past, thinking about this journey that I've been on uh, through theological studies and think, what in the world was I doing? Yeah. <laughs> what am I doing? Like, and there's days where I, I look at theology, I think, what the most, this is the most useless thing ever created. <laughs> like, absolutely has no value. Yeah. <laughs> I could do anything at all in this, and it would be more beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, but there has, there's something about, doing this and asking these questions and pursuing these ideas that it comes from somewhere that urges me on that pushes me forward um when when it just seems crazy to do so and yet i i i mean you know maybe it's a a, a maybe it's a theological or the theologians insanity, but I can't give it up. (laughs) Especially when I've had so many other types of interest and ideas and things that I've pursued kind of off and on uh, things that I I tackle with, with, you know, a lot of bravado and eventually kind of fizzle out. I give, you know, there's a bit of, uh, I lack the steam to, to carry on that <laughs> idea. And somehow, somehow theology keeps, you know, keeps me yeah. going. I, I, yeah. I feel the urge to carry on because yeah. I think there is something there I'm learning about my own faith and that, that urge, which I, I guess, which I guess is comes from that place of faith. There's something about what I'm doing that is teaching me, how to be a human being that is teaching yeah. me how yeah. to how to live, how to yeah. interact with others, which I wonder, um, you know, without that, without without doing this crazy thing we call theology, that somehow I would not be the person I am today, or I would be something that. I wouldn't recognize and not in a good way <laughs> that I think there's something about faith that, that teaches, that keeps you steady, that yeah. it should inspire you to be the best person you can be. Um, I think you, you use this kind of teaching language that, I am continually learning from faith. I'm not learning from theology. I'm not feeding my faith through theology, but my faith is manifesting through doing these things, which I guess is a kind of a um, back and forth relationship that, that makes me uh, feel like a whole person. And so I think there's this element of faith that without it, I, I wouldn't be certainly not who I am today, but I'd be missing something fundamental in my life. And I think the way that would manifest would be not in a good way. Um, and so, you know, 
I think there's this element of urging forward, you know, you mm-hmm. use the term that, that grabs hold of you, mm-hmm. um, that grabs you. I think sometimes maybe even like drags you um, <laughs> forward. Yeah. Uh, I, one of my favorite writers who's not a theologian, but likes to write to theologians, uh, John Caputo Mm. philosopher uses this term perhaps Mm -hmm. where there's always this kind of dangling in front of us, this, this perhaps what might be if I do this or that, or what might be if I I take the step forward, if I take the leap, Uh, it's almost in a way, beckoning me forward to take a you know use the term leap of faith (laughs) into something that is unknown and scary and i think that's one thing it's about faith uh, that you know it's not always comforting it's not always going to perhaps make you feel good but there are times i think that faith is really putting me in a place of feeling uncomfortable of dealing with strangeness of <laughs> and and confronting anxiety and i think the reductions of faith are those things that kind of like keep me in my safe zone keep yes. me in my comfort spot yes. and and not want to branch out and just just kind of retreat and keep doing the practices that i've been doing but faith is saying hey you know do something different. Uh, yeah. Perhaps, perhaps this would happen if you, if you, you know, just, yeah. just take a step forward. Um, leave this, leave this comfort spot, you know, maybe, maybe step away from the prayers, put down the Bible <laughs> for a second yes. and venture outside and, and see what happens. And yeah. I think there's, I think there's some liminality that, that comes from yeah. that as well. I think that yeah. there's uh, so much that encompasses faith that, you know, most of the time we're not talking about at all. And so yeah, that urge that more, um, yeah. you use the term uh, transcendent, yeah. which is again, a term like how do, how do I explain transcendent? That doesn't, I mean, what is that? You know, but there's something <laughs> that yeah. beyond me that keeps me doing what I've been doing and, and more and continually challenge myself um, to take those steps out of my own comfort zone. And cause I'm the type of person that would easily sit, sit back and, and enjoy my comfort zone. But I think faith, I know that faith is important because it pushes me to go forward. Yeah. And, you know, I'm I'm, I'm wondering something. It is true, as you said, um, this this, um, fearful element when it comes to faith. But there's something about it, though. Maybe it is life that is so fearful, right? It is, um, somehow I find that, Faith is constantly declaring, constantly declaring that there's more. Um, and, and sadly for us, the more can be both in the positive direction and in the negative direction. Because sometimes you're thinking it could not get any worse. <laughs> right? And 
and you wake up the next day and you think, oh, there's more, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, and so, uh, and, and then, you know, or maybe it's an amazing time, amazing month, amazing quarter, amazing year. You think, wow, uh, could life get any better than this, you know? And then you wake up the next day and wow, you, you have some other experience, another idea, another encounter. And you think, wow, there's more, uh, you know? Maybe it is that notion that uh, the age old notion of um, maybe that there may be an infinity breaking to the finiteness. You know, I, I was never much for that meta metaphysical language, you know, but, but when I get it, I get it. <laughs> I get it. Uh, but, but there's that more. And, and I'm wondering to myself, I'm wondering if perhaps the reason that, the reason that maybe faith does seem scary, if it's not because it is constantly pushing us and show us the more that we can be. Maybe moving us closer to our quote-unquote destiny, whatever that means to be human, broadening that notion of humanity, of humanness, really expanding that, you know, you can always love more. You can always forgive more. Uh, you can always, I don't know, live more. <laughs> You know, uh, and 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 I think there's something about that. Uh, that that, I guess maybe we could say human nature, humanity is destined for more, but not this more that's in the by and by somewhere, right? Uh, but it's the more that's possible every day, the more that's possible in every encounter, every moment. Um, you know, it's, it's this openness to what's possible, and so I find myself really sort of embracing that or maybe I, I find myself being embraced by that because I find that um, life makes a bit more sense for me that way uh, then I can live with hope you know I can live with hope I can you know um, instead of holding to a belief of something that's going to happen at some point in the future um, but I can, it's easier for me to believe you know to have hope that we can actually make this happen. It's possible. I can, I, I can, I can even grasp it somehow. You know, uh, yeah. There's reason to hope. There's a real reason to hope. You know, um, and so, yeah. This small thing is is big for me. And when I go back to my mom, I find that that's that's so much of what my mom taught me. She, there was always more. I don't know how she did it. Sometimes I don't know how. She fed so many people. Sometimes there was always food at home. Um, that anybody, I mean, sometimes there were 15 people eating dinner at our house, you know, in, in Haiti. Um, and somehow there was always, there was always enough. There was always more, like not even enough. There was always more. Uh, when you thought she was going to get upset because someone did something to her. She always had more room to forgive, more room to understand. And even she even found more room to suffer, to suffer and to find other ways to deal with, with all those things, you know. And, and even this book that I'm writing, I have to be careful with because uh, I, wanted it, I wanted it to be something that we would do together, you know, when she was still alive. And I brought the idea to her. I said, I said, I said mommy, so many people could learn from your life. This is a story that has to be told, you know? And, and she said to me, 
many of the people who hurt me the most in life are still living. I would not want to say anything about them. Uh, she, and, and yet, you know, so you could say, well, write a different book, you know, don't mention these things. But my mom was so authentic in the way she approached life. That suffering, that pain was part of her life. It was a story that had to be told if she had to tell her story. She couldn't see telling her story without sharing those stories of suffering. But since she couldn't do it without hurting those who hurt her, <laughs> you know, then she'd rather not do it at all. You know, so she told me, feel free to write about me, but I don't want to be part of it, you know, and which means that I had to make this into a different kind of project. Uh, it's a different kind of project because I wanted to be, uh, I wanted to be more biographical in nature, you know, uh, to, to, I wanted her to go walk with her and walk through some of the places that she, that really shaped her, some of the stories and to go through them, but but it's not what she wanted. But then, you know, I realized there's so much more I think we can get from a life than just biography. There's so much more. And in fact, the more that we get is in fact what helps us write our biography, you could say, you know, and maybe not just biography, but actual bios, right? Actual lives. And so it's that more. And my mom, she seemed to, to understand that. She seemed to know that, you know, I even asked her one time, you know, I, I, the last interview I did with her that I, in, in the, in a way, I, I recorded all that too. And at the time she was not doing so well. Uh, uh, her speech uh, was not as eloquent as, as she used to be because my mom was an amazing speaker uh, in, 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 and she taught for so many years. So she was used to speaking in public, uh, but, but her, uh, she, she'd had a stroke uh, and and her her speech was not as as let's say as faithful as before. And I, I wanted to know what exactly, where exactly I asked her, where did you learn how to love as you do? Because when I hear her life story, it's as if it's something that she knew how to do a long time ago, from a long time ago, early on. I, I said, okay, when I hear those stories of your family, of your parents, I don't see that level, the depth of caring and loving, um, you know, and she said, I don't know. It's just that I love everybody. You know, I, I, it's, a, it's, it's this thing about it, right? So, so, so even going back to faith, if you say, well, what exactly is that, right? If something, if it's not something that her parents passed on to her, right, then it's something that somehow goes, even before her parents were there in a sense, right? It goes beyond them. And, but how did a child come into touch with that, right? This thing so, so early on in life. Because when you hear those stories of her mom, it's, it's her, life, her life, it's amazing stuff, you know? Amazing stuff. So is that more, some, some, somehow she understood that more. And I see a, par a parallel with someone like Simone Weil. I see that someone from early on, you know, Simone Weil going hungry because... You know, the soldiers were not, you know, receiving the proper rations. You know, she, I mean, that's like, as, as a kid, you know, um, what does that sense of more, that moreness, you know, where does it come from? And that's what I think about when I think about faith is this, this more um, and that we can't really define. I don't know. I know I said a lot of different things, but this is me thinking out loud in so many ways, you know. Hey, I, I like this idea of, faith helping us to uncover that more 
while also being, I think, the more that urges us on. There's so many facets, I think, of faith. And, you know, where did that faith come from? Where did that more come from, I think, is 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 one of those great mysteries. Because while certain things can be passed on and certain ways that we inspire others there is a deep sense of having to learn about yourself of yeah. tapping into that moreness uh yeah. that's a word um <laughs> <laughs> you know it, it it's this i guess this balance of of um i think faith is is that urging and enticement to go deeper and to leave those places, as I talked about before, of being comfortable in order to learn that more about yourself. Yeah. And, and those are journeys, those are experiences that aren't easily conveyed. As your mom talked about, she couldn't subtract certain things from her story and it would still be her story venturing into those places of perhaps suffering of disappointment where those were places, those were moments that were also part of her own faith journey, that sense of more. And, and without that, the, the person that you were writing about, the person you're trying to tell those stories about wouldn't be the wouldn't be your mom. Oh, and yeah. I think for each of us, faith is this journey of learning, of discovering our true selves. At a small group that I'm a part of at my church, we've been reading Thomas Merton's New Seeds of Contemplation uh, mm -hmm. weekly. And we've been having interesting conversations about what it is to live life, to experience life, to be, as he used the term contemplation. But a lot of this stems from discovering your true self, of uncovering the masks that we wear, um, the personas that we carry, the places where we're comfortable and afraid of venturing outside of those comforts and not just say creature comforts, but just comforts and thought and ideas, mm -hmm. positions, um, and some of those perhaps quite disturbing, such as perhaps being comfortable and hating or mm -hmm. um, hurting or being unable to to love i think and i perhaps i'm being overly idealistic but I, I really believe that each one of us carries that faith that more element within each of us mm -hmm. that is urging us on to consider perhaps to consider how we might change and in turn how that might change others and 
to begin the process of really writing our story. And, you know, each one of us, I think, each one of us is a, is a living embodiment of, of the story that we carry. And I think faith adds the, the flavor, the mm-hmm. uniqueness uh, to each and every story that comes across through who we are. And, and for some, you know, that, that may manifest in more religious ways than, than others, but there are others that have a great deep sense of faith who do not consider themselves perhaps religious in the traditional Mm -hmm. sense at all. And I think that's the, that's the amazing, beautiful thing about faith is if we're going to go back to this term transcendent, this transcendent Mm -hmm. quality that goes beyond you Mm -hmm. and me and what we believe or don't believe. Yeah. Yeah. But how we live. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. I've, I've known some people I've known kindness, um, you know, from, from the so-called heathen, you know, um, it's, it's, it's something that has to be said, you know, and, and, and said again and again, um, being faithful to the traditions of your particular community does not make you, um, doesn't make you a great human being. It just does not. Uh, anyone can can follow rituals. Anyone can 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 fit in. You know, right? do what the group requires. I don't think you get you know that many points for that. And and, and I get that. I get that. Uh, sometimes you have people who are coming from a way of living. Uh, that is, you could say, even say anti-human, right? People, those who are hurting others and hating others. And I understand very well how rituals can help shape us. They can help uh, move us um, maybe away from that kind of life, kind of a life, kind of a life. And maybe really it's to expand it for us. And that's what really happens. You have to expand the notion of humanity for you and make and help you help you grow. And I get that. And, and I understand very well why we have these rituals. I get why we need the songs and I get why the prayers. Uh, but the problem happens when that's all it is, is nothing but prayers and rituals. And that's all you've got. And, you know, so uh, there's something so amazing to me about the power of the practices indeed can transform people. Uh, and I believe in that very much. But it's, it's, it's that, that moreness, right? That, that element, that transcendent element. Believe me or not, Jonathan, I have, the word transcendent I haven't used much at all. I, probably not since I did my, my MDiv, you know, back in 2006, I graduated right from my MDiv. So it, it's a word that I set aside for a long time. And, and maybe that was needed too, because sometimes in order to rescue the word, right? In order to, 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 to put it in, in a, so, so it, it can reclaim its life. Now it has a more meaning for me, especially in this conversation today, uh, looking at uh, the question of faith. Um, I wrote some more notes here. And some of this is going to go into straight into that book. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, the way you said that, uh, faith doesn't, doesn't seem to care sometimes what you believe and what you even don't believe, you know. Um, 
this about the way you live. I'm thinking about, you know, um, my mom, she never seemed to, my mom, okay, let me, let me rephrase that. Um, I remember her making us go to church, but never fanatically. I remember her praying with us and I'm realizing so much of that was an expression of her, how, how much she cared, you know, because she believed prayer could protect us. She believed that that was the best thing she could offer her kids. Uh, and so that was essentially her living out uh, her faith, uh, in faith, that's it, you know, living out in faith. And so uh, I, I sense that she believed that uh, if she would go to the mountains and, and, and join others who were praying, and somehow that would be beneficial, you know, uh, to help her with whatever she was, she was dealing with. But, but she was never imposing. My mom never forced us to believe what she believed. In fact, I'm realizing that I don't know what my mom believed about a lot of things. I'm realizing because it was never about so much about her believing this or that, because I think she always understood that what she believed was always relative relative to the, to the more, you know, there was something more in, but what I sense is that, and what I, what I feel now is that, um, and at least, and that's my experience. I don't know about my other siblings, you know, but then again, I am the theologian uh, in the family. Yeah. So I sense that, um, you know, and because by that, I mean, you know, ask, ask these different questions and some of the others. And so with my mom, and I guess that also shaped my relationship with my mom, you know, the kinds of conversations that we had, you see. And so, but I sense that she was really moving me towards that more. That's what I sense. Um, through all that, it was never about, you better be praying all that many times. You better go to church that many times. You better do this all these times. But somehow she knew just by talking with me, being with me, she knew that, I was what she wanted, what she was creating. She has uh, actually achieved it. You know, that's what I sensed. Uh, not that there couldn't be more, that I couldn't be more, but she was never uh, critical of me when I said, mommy, I haven't been to church in a month. I said, mommy, I can't believe this anymore. You know, I would say that to her. You know, I said, mommy, I, you know, some of these things I'm realizing, I can't believe them anymore. And, you know, she would never confirm or deny whether she still believed in them or not. But she would quickly set them aside because it didn't matter. For her, it was about that more that could that was possible in our conversation, in that time that we were together, you know. And that's also powerful. And that's a genius of ingenious about the way my mom lives. She knew when to hold on to uh, her beliefs, but she also understood that they were always relative to the more. How maybe had to be relativized in the face of the more. Uh, so see that that's you know. I, and the, I don't know, maybe that's a, one of the best things she ever did for me, you know, because I'm realizing that rather than just giving me these things, these songs and all those things that, you know, yeah, that had value and that still have some value. As you were saying, I realized that she taught me how to live, you know, how to live and how to live without shame, you know, how to live authentically, you know, authentically. It doesn't mean perfectly. It means authentically, especially in the light of the possible, uh, you know. And I'm, I'm extremely, extremely grateful for that. Yeah. I liked what you said about living life in the presence of the more, like all those other things yeah. are kind of relativized. And when they come in contact, encounter... Yeah 
the more. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I, th- I just, I just think is a, a great way of characterizing what faith is. It's this yeah. constant contact and presence of yeah. the more and not the presence that we think about when we think about like god like you know watching and judging over one's life but the the ever comforting presence that lets me know that that ever comforting presence that is helping to teach me who i am i think it's i think it's beautiful the way you described how your your mom talked with you um didn't judge you but allowed you the space for you to kind of work out those questions without you know jumping in to say you know well i believe in this way and 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 boy i think that's just that's a parenting model that i i hope i can you know emulate myself yeah as my daughter grows older and will begin to ask questions and will begin to explore faith, explore her own more. You know, there's one sense with parenthood that introduce her to the world. And what I hope is to cultivate that sense of looking for the more to not get bogged down in the forest of mm-hmm. belief and yeah. song and different practices and whether this practice is better than that practice or yeah. uh, you know you should you should believe this about the bible or not there aren't that about the bible you know those things we each kind of work out but if we're it's very easy to let those things encroach upon one's life where we start to fail to see that more aspect. And then when our own children perhaps don't end up in the same place that we are, think that they should be, mm-hmm. we see them struggling, you know, there's this tendency to interject and to try to, mm-hmm. I guess, skip ahead of all that struggle and, and things that they have to work through to fix yeah. it to mm-hmm. say, you know, well, if, if you just do this, but not realizing mm-hmm. that for ourselves, our own faith journey, there is a sense of wrestle that if we're honest with ourselves and that's the yes. key, I think is, is honesty and authenticity, uh, authenticity about our own lives. Um, you know, there has to be this sense of, um, stepping back and letting go you know i think you mentioned james fowler earlier mm-hmm. i think that's one yes. of those texts that that we um, uh, both had to read and encounter and, and learn from yes. during our studies mm-hmm. but you know he talks about you know five stages of faith you know or, or, mm-hmm. or maybe it's six stages i, I don't remember mm-hmm. but um and, and it's, it's a problematic to, I guess, the state, you know, talking about faith and stages, but I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't think that he met them as literal stages, but yeah. uh, there was this period in time in one's life where 
one would step back from one's own church, one's own place of religious learning, of community, to go on your own to question. And parents and teachers had to be comfortable with letting go and having the confidence that they would either, you know, work it out on their own and come back or take a different path and, 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 and search and discover, you know, what faith means within their own life journey. And, uh, you know, I think we get, we're really comfortable, we're really good at, at passing on the things of faith or, or those, you know, the things that we reduce faith to. Yes. But we have a lot of work to do with, uh, placing oneself in that place of, of living in the more yeah. of the freedom that comes from exploration of learning mm-hmm. from yourself, uh, learning about yourself and the really uncomfortable journey that can be. And, uh, you know, yeah. we, in, instead of being quick to judge and say, for example, you know, why aren't you going to church? Why aren't you reading your Bible? And so and so, but rather say, you know, space to say, you know, that's okay. You know, um, yeah. there, perhaps the questions that you're asking or that need to be asked that need to be explored aren't ones that will necessarily come from praying more or going to church more, but that may come from encountering God. Yeah in a different way. And, and, and for those who dare to ask those questions and perhaps they can help us all grow when we force them to stay there where we are uh, and we force them to, to, um, to memorize and in fact mimic uh, the things that, um, let's say the things that, um, um, that have, you know, with, with, with things that answer questions that they're not asking, you know? And, and, and I think we are all the, all the more, um, well, we're all poor for it because we, we, could, we need each other to go beyond, right? We need, we, need, we need what each one of us has to offer, you know? And that, that's, that's been one of the, it's, when, it's been one of the challenges for me when it comes to um, organized religion. Um, it's, it's, I, I can understand someone saying, this is, you know, I find myself here at this time. I, I can, I absolutely, you can belong to a community. I think it's great. It's beautiful. There's nothing wrong there. Uh, it's when those communities um, stop making room for the more, especially as manifested to the questions of those who, uh, who, who, who doubt, uh, you know, those who can say, I'm just not sure. Those who can say, okay, you told me to pray and, and this would happen where I did and it didn't. And so what does that mean about prayer, you know, but except we want them to believe the same thing that we believe about prayer. So now they have to deny the experiences in order to fit in that community, uh, you know. So it, it's really, uh, really challenging, you know. It's really challenging. It's, it's as if now then in order to belong to some of those communities, then you have to, you have to pretend, you know, that you're happy or you have to, uh, you, know, you have to forget about living an authentic life 
Yeah, and so I think um, too often the, our communities, our religious communities, they want to be authentically this or that rather than to help you live an authentic life. You know, um, so authenticity then is, is really uh, very limited in that sense. So, uh, you know, it's, it's really challenging. I think the, I think faith just takes us further. Uh, and, and, and when I say, even, even when we say, you know, Christian faith, Muslim faith, Hindu faith, Vodou faith, and even when we do that, it's interesting, you know, because uh, if you think about math, you know, you think, well, it seems to me that there's something we could, we could extract here, right? We could, we could, we could, there's something we could extract from this other thing. So I guess Christian, Hindu, Muslim, all have faith. Maybe faith is a unifying force rather than a dividing, you know, a line, you know? And maybe that's maybe that's what we should be seeing, that um, that maybe we are we're coming at things from different angles, and um, and that perhaps we are more alike than we think, you know. And I'm not I'm not I'm not proclaiming somehow all religions are the same and blah blah blah. blah. It's not this kind of idea, but there's something about about this that someone, you know, who's wrestling with this, a very similar question as what I'm wrestling with, but coming from it from a a, a perspective that is shaped by, uh, you know, by, by Islamic thought, you know, or by Hindu thought, by Vodou thought, by, you know, some other kind of way of thinking in the world, you know, um, or just agnostics, you know, uh, the way they see things. To be raising that same question, coming at different angles, somehow I find, I find that we are actually a lot closer than our, um, than our maybe professions, you know, might allow. You know, uh, so so I think if we if we see that, I think we realize that they, that should really bring us closer together rather than putting us um, in conflict. You see, and because I may not be able to speak to you on the basis of uh, of your particular religious beliefs, but hey, we can talk about this dream we had last night that's troubling us. We can talk about our kid that's sick. We can talk about, you know, our worries about tomorrow, given the rise in violence and disease and all of that. And there seems to be, to me, where we truly are connecting as human beings and the other stuff has to be relativized, you know? It's interesting, Jonathan. Uh, you and I never talk about this. You know, in passing, we might say, oh yeah, when I was growing up in this tradition or that tradition, but we never see to talk about what we believe about this or that, you know, you know, but because that's not what it's about, right? Because we grow up in different communities, we're going to have beliefs that are different, right? That's just natural. I don't expect you to like the food that I like. And, you know, I, I imagine you probably love your mom's cooking where I love my mom's cooking. Does that make us, you know, should that make us enemies? No, that's not it at all. But we can sit down and talk about food in the, you know, the more about food, the bigger thing, right? That, you know, because we're humans and we eat, we have to eat. And, you know, so, so it's not about what you believe about a particular doctrine and a particular this or that, you know, as long as, of course, that doesn't mean, you know, in a tradition, you want to kill me, right? You know, but <laughs> then, of course, then, then that, that, that's, that's a no starter. But, but, but to me, I find that, you know, especially the way we talk about in our conversations. But by the way, these are some of the most important conversations I've ever had. Those that you, the two of us have, you know, on this podcast. Why is that? It's that freedom, you know, that we dare to trust each other and that, and we are, we open ourselves to the more that is possible in this space, you know? And, and so 
that's why that's what I think makes this so transformative because both of us we open ourselves to that was possible and uh, and we're not here it's not about separating it's about bringing together you know um, and so I think that that's pretty amazing and I wish we could do that better in our religious communities I really wish we could you know and I think faith that word I think that's what it calls for truly calls for you know I find that when we reduce faith to the things, to the beliefs, and get caught up in those reductions, then we in turn also reduce our interactions with others. We reduce the possibility of relationship with others. But if we put ourselves in contact and the place of the more then those relationships should increase are more more with the other more with Mm -hmm. um, the rest of Mm -hmm. humanity Uh, so that's to me a, a total disservice we do to faith is when we reduce it we are in also in turn reducing our interaction with others, we're reducing um, that possibility. But the more brings us to more possibility, more interaction. And I think more learning and a place of, I think what, what faith is trying to instill in us is, is to expand horizons, not reduce them. Yeah. You know, I think this has been a, a great conversation. When I started this and we were talking about this question, uh, you know, I had in my mind we were going to, we were going to go three different areas. Or, you know, I was thinking <laughs> the, the, the individual, we're talking about social questions, and then we're going to mm-hmm. talk about um, more questions of uh, related to, to God and those type of things. But I think we tapped into something more fundamental, more mm-hmm. we push deeper into i think really the question of faith and uh, hopefully i think you know avoid some of the distractions that can come by compartmentalizing and dividing faith and and you know separating religious faith from say scientific faith and yeah these type of thing these type of (laughs) questions and context which i i understand i think sometimes you know topics are easy to grasp when we perhaps try to compartmentalize and mm-hmm. understand in smaller chunks. But I think there's something to be said to going deeper and further into one idea, one question. And hopefully, and I, I think we did, but I think touched on that more, which I think for me is, is the big, biggest takeaway from this conversation mm-hmm. is the way that, you help me to see and characterize the the more of faith, mm. and, um, and 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 also enlighten my eyes to to going beyond just you know reduction and reducing faith to you know individual concerns, but also that that the more is pushing me out there, and yeah. and so I, I again I, I appreciate the stories you've told sharing your 
story with your mom and the experiences that came from that. I'm very much looking forward to the book. And so I, what a, what a great, what a great time to, to do this conversation. I think the, <laughs> again, we hadn't talked about this prior before, you know, about, <laughs> about, about doing this particular topic. Yes. And I certainly didn't know that you were writing this book about your mom and this and reflecting on her life, yeah. but boy, it was, um, really added so much to this conversation. Thank you. Hi, Jonathan. I, I, of course, I didn't, I also didn't know. I, I know you were writing a book about it, you know, for Ava actually, um, but didn't know that faith was going to be such a big part of it. Um, and, and that's the amazing thing about faith, right? Even when you don't think it's involved, <laughs> you realize that it was there to begin with, right? And, and maybe that's the reason for the questions, you know? And, um, and it's always so great uh, to be with you on this on, on this podcast. And, and I love that we don't sit there and, and plan ahead, you know, and, and, and I don't know, let's do an outline, you know. <laughs> I just love that uh, because it, it is spontaneous. Um, so it's very real. Um, and um, and I just love this. I, I, I was really looking forward to this conversation. And again, as always, uh, I was not disappointed, as always. And no, never disappointed. Yeah, I'm never <laughs> disappointed by these conversations. A lot different than uh, you know some of those PhD classes where you know <laughs> you had to get you know bring an outline and uh, <laughs> everybody's you know following you following along and uh, yeah. far far from that uh, a prescribed conversation. Um, no, this, this, I'm enriched this, this by it. So yeah, this is the best. And thank you again for having me. Uh, come um, join you on the podcast and uh you know you, you've really helped me um clarify some things as well and and i love that i didn't realize how much i needed to spend time on this faith versus belief point you know and, and you really helped me to to see how important that is uh, because you know it's done so many times in so many introductory you know the theology books you know belief and faith they're not the same let's explain you know and i'm realizing that there's more that can be said about that. And, and I, need, I need to consider that, you know? Um, so thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you of course, for the whole thing. Uh, and uh, I'm looking forward to the next time, yeah. you know, it will be great. Until next time. Talk to you yeah. then. I'll get on to then. All right, Jonathan. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. My name is Jonathan Best, and this has been Liminal Theology. Learn more at liminaltheology.org. Thank you.